0: A visitation Hear the spirit call Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Pacupon Be blessed as you listen preaching, um, I quickly want to introduce, for those of you who are not at Midweek Service, uh, one of our pastors who has been away for a while and has come back. He's based in the United States. He'll be coming down permanently very soon. He's doing some one or two things. So, for those of you who haven't met him here, we have here pastor, Dr. William Ava. So, he's going to be with us from now until the ending of July, or possibly August, or even September. <laughs> alright, so if you see him around, he's, he's one of our pastors, alright? Alright, okay. So, today, we are continuing in our series on the church and um last Wednesday, I think those of you who are at midweek service, I spoke on the subject of the church and the supernatural. So those of you who are not around, make sure you listen to the, the tape. Amen. Alright. Today we are getting to part sixteen of the series on the church and this part is the beginning of a mini-series within the series all right (laughs) it's the beginning of a mini-series within the series okay and so today i'm going to start the mini-series within the series on the church on the subject of the seven letters to the churches the seven letters to the churches if you've read the book of revelation before you know that there's something called the seven letters to the churches so it will take about maybe two or two sessions or so or probably three I don't know but it depends on how things go so I'm going to deal with the seven letters to the churches now why are these letters very important if we are talking about the subject of the church I hope you can all hear me clearly all right why are these letters so important these letters are important because they were instructions or things that were said by jesus christ himself to the apostle john when he was exiled on the island of patmos and he singled out seven churches in asia minor when we talk about asia minor we are talking about um we are not necessarily talking about the continent of asia but asia minor was one of the provinces of the roman empire all right when you have an empire is divided into provinces so this province has its own head this province has its own head and one of the provinces was called asia minor so when we talk about asia minor it's not necessarily the continent of asia as we know it now it was one of the provinces of the roman empire all right so jesus christ appeared to john the apostle While he was exiled on the island of Patmos And in that revelation Jesus Christ showed him a lot of things And one of the things he did Was to dictate letters To seven churches In Asia Minor In those days Seven letters to seven churches Dictated by Jesus Christ himself And what were these letters about? These letters had A certain structure For each one of them and the structure was such that at the beginning, he'll introduce himself, he the author, he'll describe himself. Depending on what he wants to tell the church and the angle of conversation he has for them, he describes himself in a particular way. For some of them, he would describe himself as the one who has the, double, the sword, the one who does this, that, that. Depending on what he's coming to see and, and the angle from which he wants to take it, he describes himself so the letters were structured so that the author will introduce himself and describe himself and the author himself is jesus christ hallelujah and then he comes with a commendation so he will say the things he's happy about where the church is concerned so he'll commend them and then he follows up with a criticism all right he criticizes the things that he doesn't like about the church and then finally he ends with a promise all right so the structure was the author introducing himself commendation criticism and then a promise so jesus dictated these words or these letters word for word to the apostle john while he was on the island of patmos and i mean that island of patmos was a place where people were sent you know john when the persecution came and all of that when all the apostles had been killed as for john they attempted killing him but he didn't die they tried to kill him by throwing throwing him into a bowl of hot oil they tried to fry the man but he didn't die hallelujah May you not die when the witches try to fry you. (laughs) They tried to fry him, but the man didn't die. Alright? So, at a point, we're like, look, if we are trying to fry you and you are not dying, we don't know what is going to happen to you. So, let's throw him onto this island. And Patmos was a very remote island. In fact, the historians say the island of Patmos, the distance from the nearest piece of land was 14 hours of sailing so if you are put there there is no way you are going to come back I wonder how he was surviving how he, he must have fasted throughout the time because nobody is going to sell food there because it will take people 14 hours to come and buy that food people were not living on the island of Patmos hallelujah 14 hours by boat that means if you try to swim it will probably be like 3 days and nobody has the energy to swim continuously for 3 days where there are no stopovers anywhere and you have to contend with the sharks and the other wild you know fishes in the sea so I mean it was like it was more or less like a death sentence but sometimes when you are put in a hard place that is when God shows up hallelujah Jesus appeared to John on the island of Patmos and he showed him the whole of the book of Revelation was was what he received when he was on the island of Patmos and Jesus dictated letters to be sent if those letters were going to read those then that means from time to time people used to come to the island because I don't know how the letters were going to be sent to the various uh, churches but there were letters that were written that were eventually sent hallelujah so Jesus dictated these things and he was pointing out things he liked about the churches and things he did not like about the churches and then he gave them certain promises if you are able to endure to the end so so and so for the one who is able to overcome so so and so hallelujah i wonder what the letter god will write or jesus will write to the church of overflow will look like hallelujah i wonder what the commendation will be and i wonder what the criticism will be But our prayer is that through these teachings, we'll get to know what Jesus likes and what he doesn't like. So that where we are falling short, we'll correct ourselves. And where we are doing well, we are empowered to do better. Hallelujah. That is the essence of this mini-series within the series. So that we know the things that Jesus likes. What he's expecting of a church. So that when our letter comes, it is just full of commendation. Amen but among the seven there were two that didn't receive any criticism the church at Smyrna and the church at philadelphia the two of them didn't receive any condemnation there was no criticism at all and and that is the aim for this church that when jesus looks up and sees us it is just commendations and promises and promising us big big things in heaven when we get there hallelujah yeah so he spelled out the things he liked he told them the things he did not like he gave certain promises now somebody will wonder why those seven churches in particular today i'm I'm, I'm a teacher so you have to listen to me very very well hallelujah at certain points i'll preach but most of it is is teaching so we are in a classroom today amen most of them a lot of people ask why those seven churches because there were a lot of churches around that time in fact there were more prominent churches than these ones that they mentioned there were some that prominent letters were written to which have been canonized as scripture Galatia, and all of those things and even more prominently there were two churches that were bigger than all the churches the church at jerusalem and the church at antioch so why is it that when he wanted to write letters to churches he ignored some of these more prominent churches like jerusalem like antioch and he looked at Pergamos he looked at Smena he looked at those little little churches the whole essence of the seven letters to the seven churches and and in the Bible when God is using the number seven he's talking about completion right so he picked churches that were representative of the, the states of churches I don't know if you're getting what I mean it's like he picked seven that were representative it's like sampling you, you are picking a representative sample so you realize that all of these churches that we are going to talk about had certain characteristics some churches now may fit perfectly into one of them some of them too you have bits and pieces of all the seven some you have like two or three combined hallelujah yes so these were like representative there are two different schools of thought as to what the seven churches actually represent some believe they represent certain eras, eras in era errors in church history all right so one church represents pentecostalism another church represents this another church represents that that is one school of thought yes it may be true but the school of thought that I subscribe to more is the fact that this was a representation of what churches can become. This was a representation of what churches through the ages can look like. Hallelujah. So he picked those seven churches, described them, gave the commendations, gave the criticisms, gave the promises. So now let's start. Today we are going to look at the church at Ephesus that one I'm going to spend time on it so we're going to do just Ephesus today in the next one we're going to combine two or three and look at them today we're going to look at the the church at Ephesus the church at Ephesus now open to the book of Revelation chapter 2 let's start from verse 1 Revelation chapter 2 we're going to read together so that you will not fall asleep Some of you like it when the noise is boom 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 that's what keeps you awake The word must keep you awake. Hallelujah. The the sweetness of the word of God must keep you awake. Amen. All right. So he said, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, write. So what I'm going to do will be more or less like expository. As we are going line by line, I'll be explaining things for you to understand. To the angel of the church of Ephesus. So some will ask, What do we mean by the word angel? The Greek word there is angelos. And it's like the the messenger all right so the word angel there is referring to the head of the church the bishop of the church the senior pastor of the church all right so jesus christ was actually penning down a letter for the pastor so if jesus is going to write a letter to overflow it will be addressed to me hallelujah yeah (laughs) <laughs> and you are going you are entering certain realms so <laughs> i'm commercial realms be that <laughs> so maybe in that light he may not be wrong to call himself angel uh, he's, the, he's the angel of the church all right so on to the angel of the church of ephesus and for me that is significant in the sense that what it means is that the important things concerning the church that god wants to say most of the time he'll say it through the head that is not to say God cannot speak to anybody else concerning the church hallelujah I was talking to one pastor and he said one prayer warrior came to approach him he said he's had a vision and God says they should change the name of the church really something that important as changing the name of the church you think God will bypass the head pastor and speak to a prayer warrior it won't happen hallelujah but as I said, that is not to say God cannot reveal things about the church to people, but there are certain key things, very important things, that will not come from the congregation, it will come from the one God gave the vision for the mission to hallelujah. So he said unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, Right, these things said he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Sometimes revelation can be very confusing because there's a lot of symbolism but thankfully some of the symbolisms are explained within the same book let's go back to revelation chapter 1 verse 20 i'm going to show you what the seven stars mean and what the seven candlesticks mean so revelation one twenty says the mystery of the seven stars which thou saw in my right hand so that means when jesus appeared to him jesus was holding seven stars in his right hand it said the mystery of the seven stars Which thou sawest in my right hand And the seven golden candlesticks So now he's going to explain what it means It says the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches And the seven candlesticks Which thou saw it are the seven churches themselves So the candlesticks represent the churches themselves And the stars in his hand Represent the leaders of the church Hallelujah i'm happy that i am in the hands of jesus christ amen yeah I, I can't be anywhere else it is a very very safe place to be amen so it represents the seven churches that the candlesticks represent the seven churches and the stars represent the angels or the heads or the bishops or the senior pastors of those churches let's go back to revelation chapter 2 he said, this thing said he who holdeth the seven stars. So right now, the seven stars are clear to you. And who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. That means Jesus is always walking in our midst as a church. Hallelujah. I've told you time and time again that in church, Jesus comes. And his mission is to minister to people. Amen. As we are speaking right now, he is walking in our midst. And he is meeting people at the point of their needs. He is healing some sicknesses killing some bacteria that want to incubate and cause you to be laid in a bed next week he is turning things in the spirit and opening some doors for some people some crying that somebody cried last night He is answering the prayer as he's walking in our midst hallelujah so he walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks next I know thy works say I know thy works Say it again, I know thy works. This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying He knows our works, whatever we are doing, He knows, He is very much aware. Very much aware. Before we continue with this exposition, I want to give you a little background of the city of Ephesus, it will give you a good understanding of the setting in which this letter was written. All right, sometimes when you want to understand the spiritual dynamics of a church. It's important to understand the spiritual dynamics of the city or the town you find the church in. Because sometimes, some of the things related to the spiritual dynamics of the city can affect the church. And it's important for the church to be aware of the spiritual dynamics of the place it finds itself. Amen. There was one apostle, he said, anytime he goes to plant a church in a town, he fasts and prays. 21 days continues until god opens his eyes to literally see the territorial spirits and the principalities that rule on the land and he engages them in warfare and when he has finished dealing with them he starts the church and the thing just works like that so different territories and different lands have spiritual dynamics now the city of ephesus was the capital of the province of asia minor it was a very prominent city population of about 200,000 to 250,000 which in those days was a mega city now you consider that a town or something you need to be in the millions for you to really be seen as a city but for those days 200,000 to 250,000 was 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 a lot it, it it was a lot of people so ephesus was a very prominent town it was a cosmopolitan center cosmopolitan means you don't have just one group of people there so accra is a cosmopolitan town you have ghans here you have Evers here, you have people from the north here you even have foreigners here because it was a, a prominent business center different people from different places all amalgamated there to come and do their businesses and sell their wares and all of that so i'm just trying to paint a picture of the city before we enter into the church and it was the third largest city in the entire Roman Empire. It was the third largest city in the entire Roman Empire. It was only smaller than Rome and Alexandria. Alexandria is found somewhere uh, in Egypt. It was the third largest city in the entire Roman Empire. And one very prominent thing about Ephesus was that it housed the temple for a goddess called Artemis. Another name for Artemis was Diana and why is this significant it is significant because the temple was considered one of the seven wonders of the ancient world like it was it was a wonder of architecture they they really built that thing and it was a tourist attraction and why is the issue of diana so important diana was a god of fertility was the god of fertility when you look at the the image of diana it was a very lewd image of like a human being with a lot of breasts like multiple breasts and some parts they had put a lot of testicles as well because she was supposed to be the goddess of fertility and one of the major problems in the city of ephesus was sexual immorality you see these things they call gods are actually demon spirits so if you have a demon spirit of fertility what do you do for fertility what do you do to show your fertility isn't it sexual intercourse so the city had a particular problem with sexual immorality i mean there are some places you go and they'll tell you that's what this place sexual immorality is the problem some places you go you see a lot of drunkards it's it's all spiritual it it all comes from what is ruling on the land You see, when Adam lost his place, he gave that authority to dominate the earth to Satan. That was why when Satan was tempting Jesus Christ, he said, He showed him the whole world. He said, It has been given unto me by who? By Adam and Eve. They handed it over to him. So actually, Satan dominates in certain places until the children of God go there and exercise authority and overthrow the powers of darkness. Hallelujah. So this place with this demon spirit of diana operating on the land the major problem there was sexual immorality all right so these are some some facts about the city of ephesus now let's go back to revelation chapter 2 verse 2 he said i know thy works say i know thy works so god knows our works he knows what we do so this is like a recommendation all right he was commending them that i know your works so works are good amen it's good to do charity work it's good to help the poor it's good to build schools it's good to build hospitals it's good to have foundations that will build orphanages hallelujah it's part of our responsibility as christians to influence the world not just spiritually by getting people baptized in the name of jesus and baptizing them in the holy spirit and things like that it is important for us to affect society in the secular sense of things as well amen i've been telling you that it's a good thing for christians to go into politics because if we sit down and we allow the unbelievers to walk in the corridors of power they will enact laws that will bring us trouble parliament is beginning to play with the idea of shutting down churches and you know things like that i was listening to radio over the weekend and somebody actually raised a motion in parliament this week and the speaker of parliament has taken it up they are forming a committee nobody knows how that is going to end up and it's all because some people are just misbehaving people are just misbehaving it's it's become too much You go to youtube social media pastors insulting each other competing here and there flaunting your wealth why wouldn't they say you should start paying taxes so people are really misbehaving and so parliament has taken it up it is a good thing to regulate but the regulation has to be done by spiritual people because this is not a secular matter if you don't get spiritual people to regulate such members you end up persecuting the church rather than trying to protect people hallelujah Yeah. so we shouldn't just be interested in locking ourselves in a room and praying and receiving power and receiving the Holy Spirit and that is it we must affect society hallelujah some of you you are meant to be directors of big big influential companies and you will use your anointing, your giftings to direct them in the right direction. Amen. Yeah. Direction is a quantray. That's what direct. If you're a director, you are a <laughs> You give a quantity. Hallelujah. Yes. Yeah. Also, so that gift of yours may not necessarily be meant for the pulpit. Joseph's quantray wasn't for the pulpit. It was one administrative role, political role. I keep saying, Imagine if Ghana's minister of finance had Joseph's gift, we wouldn't be in the situation we are in now. We wouldn't have gone into hippie and come back out and gone in and guy in and out of HIPIC. IMF, this, this one can say, so We'll go, this one say, we'll, we'll come out and things like that. If we had proper, sharp, prophetic direction, we wouldn't have such problems. So he says, I know thy works, so the works are important, and he's commending them for the works it's good that as a church one day we decide that we are cleaning our environment hallelujah we don't just come here and come and worship here and you know we clean the place we make the place look nice when we came to this room this is not how it, it was Sometimes when people see the pictures of the before they are surprised but you have to brighten the corner where you are amen yeah and some people have decided to make it their ministry to clean this church every week it is a powerful thing and god is saying i know that I works he is seeing the works and at the right time he will reward your works hallelujah carrying speakers they are works they are good works he says i've seen it so when you are doing these things it's not like you are doing it for me you are not doing it for the fire you are not doing it for the pastor because jesus himself is watching and he's seeing your works you carry the speaker and by Sunday evening your back is paining. you know that Jesus has seen it and at the right time he will bless and reward you hallelujah sometimes we expect the blessings and the rewards in a certain way in fact we have limited the word blessing to finances to visa to having a wife to getting married to traveling to America those are just little aspects of blessing hallelujah the fact that you can sleep and wake up is a big blessing it's a huge blessing there are people who can't sleep it's a huge blessing to be able to sleep and the fact that you even got here safely just yesterday some former arsenal player they say he had a car crash and he just died like that 35 years gone but we will sit in cars, we sit in trotro, we sit in Uber. Done Uber, Uber is giving you discount. Faithful, what do you call it? Customer. Very soon you will be owning your own fleet of Uber cars. Some of you don't believe I'm prophesying. I say very soon you will own your own fleet of Uber cars. Yeah. So he says I, I have seen your works nothing you do in the house of god goes unnoticed by jesus even if i don't see it and i don't commend you and i don't congratulate you and i don't send you a text message of appreciation know that jesus himself is seeing it and he's the one we are doing it for hallelujah because sometimes people can get bitter in church because they feel they are doing something they are working hard and nobody is commending them nobody is saying good things about them on the pulpit pastor doesn't put me in the sermon and use me as an example serious offense like the person is offended i look at the way i'm, I'm very consistent look at the way i come to church early the day you were preaching about a uh, punctuality you should have used me as an example i mean to i feel good in my seat small but pastor didn't mind me so i'm annoyed god has seen your consistency he has seen your faithfulness he has seen your hard work he said I know thy works I know it and thy labor the work, the hard work the sweeping of the floor those who carried the chairs for the rest to come and sit down yesterday may the Lord bless your life your labor I know it Siniamo's labor going from house to house visiting people inviting people to church sorry if you also do it and I don't mention your name even Jesus selected seven representative churches so Sinyamo is the representative of all of you (laughs) hallelujah (laughs) he said I know your works and your labor and your patience ask somebody are you patient Ask another, are you patient? He said, I've seen your patience. That means you're a very patient church. Sometimes we are not, we are, we are not patient with God. You pray a prayer once and you expect a, a, a reply the, the very next minute. If it doesn't come, you start doubting God. This God that says so, so and so. The Bible says, Blessed is he who is not offended in me. everybody has an expectation of me I have my expectations of God that there's something some miracle you are expecting but sometimes you just have to be patient our God is a God of process there are times he works by event boom and it happens but most of the time he's a God of process so you need to be patient with God John the Baptist was not patient with Jesus when he was arrested he was expecting that Jesus Christ would come there, come and talk to the doors lift up your heads oh you gates and be lifted up your everlasting doors that the king of glory shall come here and go and bring John the Baptist out it didn't happen so this man who was born with the singular purpose of paving the way for Jesus Christ he himself started out he said are you the one that I was sent to come and pave the way for or we should expect another when Jesus heard it he was also very hurt so he too he replied to him, of all men born of women the greatest was joined by, But in the kingdom of god he'll be the least so we need to be patient with god tell somebody to be patient with god you must be patient with god so he said i know thy works thy labor and thy patient and how thou canst not bear them which are evil You see the the summary of the church of ephesus is that it was a conservative church a legalistic church very conservative very legalistic it's like it's it's like the church that has its structures well put in place everything is in order they have worked hard to, to create a certain structure he said you can't bear them which are evil there are churches like that some of the very established churches they can't bear certain things though the things that the newer more active churches will just gloss over no 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 strict it's like they, they can't take certain things you understand sir? they can't take certain things you can't bear with them which are evil and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not these structures. can't just come and do anything there is a system that will see you and try you and test you before they give you their pulpit hallelujah this church I don't give this pulpit just to anybody to come and preach some people they come and preach and they come and impart all kinds of spirits by the time they are living last has entered the hearts of the people they can't lay hands on them and impart all sorts of things some people come and cause confusion They come and preach confusion. By the time they leave the church, people are believing all sorts of things. One pastor said he invited one prophet to come and minister in his church. By the time the man was done with the four-day program, the church had been divided into two. Because after he finishes ministry, because the people saw his gift, oh, this is it. Then you see you in the background. No, you you are not supposed to be in this church. Supposed suppose to go and start your own something come let me anoint you i see a prophetic gift upon you and as a prophet you must be under a prophet you understand your, your your pastor is not a prophet so come let me pray for you and then you connect they say he was just he just cutted the flock like that when you have proper structures and proper systems some of these things cannot happen somebody just surfaces and the person shows some gifts no then straight away You make the person something you make the person something there must be structures in place hallelujah and jesus is commending them for that that they have tried people who say they are this and they are not so structures are important in church hallelujah and jesus is commending the church of ephesus for having that so they, they they were a conservative church. They were a legalistic church. They go by the book. This is what our constitution says, and that is how it has to be. He said, and had found them liars. If you don't have proper structures in place, it's difficult to find out liars. Next, and has borne and has patience. He's mentioned the patience again and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted may you continue to labor for god and not faint the hours that you spend in prayer continue to, to do so the hours you spend rehearsing to come and sing continue to do so let's put our hands together for a choir it's not easy ministering like that when you are used to instruments and stuff like that then there's no drum to give you timing it can be a bit difficult yeah but they spent time while some people were sleeping they were rehearsing while some people were reading while some people were cooking while some people were gossiping they were here rehearsing and god has seen their labor and God will reward them at the right time. So you are labored and has not fainted. Verse four. He said, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. So he has finished the praise. Now let's go to the criticism. You see, Jesus is a very good leader. When you've done the right thing, he'll praise you so that when you do the wrong thing and he criticizes you it won't look like it's because he doesn't like you and that is a very good leadership style hallelujah anytime i'm doing leadership training i I teach my leaders these things that it shouldn't always be that you only talk when things are not fine otherwise naturally the people will assume that you are talking because you don't like us but if you keep commending. Oh, you've done well today. You did well today. You did well, and one day you come and say, "But I have somewhat against thee." It is easier to understand and take than when every time they hear your voice is criticism. You understand what I'm saying, yeah? And you must apply it in any facet of leadership you find yourself. You may be class prefect, you may be S R C president, you may be uh, what do you call it, head of your ward. Whatever it is, a principle we must all learn. Give praise where praise is due And criticize where criticism is due Hallelujah You don't just make yourself a, 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 Somebody who just criticizes There's a difference between Criticism and critiquing You must critique When you critique, you talk about the good sides And the bad side When you are criticizing, it's just the negative, negative, negative When you do that, you kill people's spirits so jesus has finished praising them your labor your patience i like the way you people work you are very energetic in the things you do for the kingdom and everything it's fine but he says nevertheless i have somewhat against thee why because thou has left thy first love and there are a lot of churches in this state everything has become mechanical his choir will come for the rehearsal because we need to come anything you are told to do you are not doing it out of love out of passion but out of a sense of duty and jesus doesn't like that hallelujah he doesn't like that kind of thing when you walk in that kind of attitude you are walking in the spirit of religion there's a difference between being religious and being spiritual religion is about do's and don'ts it's about practices it's about action but spirituality is about relationship everybody's a relationship so whatever you are doing it the motivating factor should be your love for god your love for the things of god your love for the kingdom of god and your desire to see the kingdom of god progress some people just get into the routine oh i'm supposed to do it okay so i do it that is when we have attitudinal problems with service people begin to show attitude people come whenever they are supposed to come when you understand that this thing you are doing it for god you strive hard to be on time and the bible says everything you do do it as unto the lord do it as unto the lord so there are a lot of people to who sacrifice do things but god will not really recognize their sacrifice like cain cain did sacrifice he sacrifices time he sacrifices energy to go and pick rotten crops he could have used that time for something else so it was sacrifice. while abel gave his best he did it out of love at the end of the day god rejected his sacrifice there are a lot of people they are sacrificing in the house of god but god is not really enthused it's not amused because the heart with which they are doing the thing is wrong everything is mechanical it's it's you know it's like you, you have lost your first love what are the characteristics of first love when you fall in love for the first time yes i need volunteers otherwise i shall bring the microphone you cannot tell me you have not worked in that realm before did pastor tell you he wanted to, he wants to start <laughs> any volunteer what are the characters what are the things people do when they are in love for the first time yes quick 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 i want volunteers uh-huh yes kofi you are always in a hurry to do stuff for the person yes what else characteristics of first love yes you don't think much before you do the stuff good yes what else uh-huh quick cool. cool. you spend long hours chatting a very powerful one those is my fine, i could stand in one spot and chat eight hours and it will be like 45 minutes <laughs> eight hours i remember bq you know, most of the, the, the courts you know there's some stairs with that takes you there. She'll be at the top of the stairs. I'm down there with my one foot on the stairs, like that. We chatting. Ah, time look eight hours and it's like 45 minutes. You are sitting down, no tiredness, nothing. What do you mean by tiredness? Yes, more, more things you do. <laughs> yes, what are some of the things? Yes, you, you spend long hours chatting. Uh huh. What else? Somebody said you don't think before you do things. Yes. They are always on your mind. Yes. Why are you looking in that direction? Is she talking to you? <laughs> they are always on your mind. Yes. What else? Uh-huh. You hardly see their faults. You don't get offended. Some of you are offended with God all the time. Your love has gone through. Go to- when you love God, you don't even see it. When it's like you you interpret everything with Scripture, and you are happy. Everything that happens in your life, you are you are glad. Yes. What else? What else? Yes. You always want to please them. Exactly. You always want to please them. Even your dressing, you dress nicely. After a while, when you have become, you say, "Hey, Charlie, the hair." No, you just do it anyhow. After all, what? You have become like brother and sister. Hey. Yes, what else? There are a lot of characteristics. Yes. Exactly. You put up your best behavior around them. <laughs> That's is looking at you. Yes. What else? What else? So, you, you realize that there are a lot of things that show that we, we are in love. That's like first love and he's telling the church at Ephesus that you have lost your first love. That relationship is gone. You know in a relationship you can get to a point where tch, even in marriage it's like you are doing things because they have to be done. You talk because you have to discuss the children's fees. You have to discuss how to get the children this and this and that. Everything has become formal. And that is how a lot of people their relationship with God has become No passion. That that zeal that you had at the beginning. And those things show in a lot of ways. One of them is the enthusiasm with which you come to church. The enthusiasm. The excitement with which you come to church. When you got born again fresh. I had a friend. He used to walk from Teshinungwa to Kaneshi. For church service every Sunday on foot. That's what we call first love. He walk. He didn't have money to pick her. He walk. After church, he walk back. And throughout his walking back, he's praying in tongues. That is first love. When the zeal of God is fresh, you will do anything to fellowship with the brethren and he said you have lost your first love." the church of ephesus used to be a very vibrant church radical and you know things like that when you go back go and read acts chapter 19 acts chapter 19 when when the holy spirit fell on them for the first time they started seeing the power of god people who had charms because the city of ephesus there was a lot of occultism and stuff like that there were people who had charms they had things you, you let's go to Acts chapter 19 verse 1 give me NLT for that one we'll read through it very quickly That's 1 Is that while Apollos was in Corinth Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers next did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? he asked them no they replied we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit next then what baptism did you experience he asked and they replied the baptism of John next Paul said John's baptism called for repentance from sin but John himself told the people to believe in the one who will come later that is Jesus next as soon as they heard this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus continue then when Paul laid his hands on them the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied So they when they received the Holy Spirit for the first time. Next. There were about 12 men in all. Continue. Then Paul went to the synagogue and preached boldly for the next three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. Continue. But some became stubborn, rejecting his message, and publicly speaking against the way. So Paul left the synagogue and took the believers with him. Then he held daily discussions at the lecture hall of Tyrannus. Next this went on for the next two years so that people throughout the province of asia both jews and greeks had the word of the lord so that church in ephesus was actually planted by paul himself next god gave paul the power to perform unusual miracles unusual miracles continue when handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his cane were placed on sick people they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled so that means they were seeing signs and wonders in the church they were seeing miracles they were experiencing the supernatural power of god next a group of jews were traveling from town to town casting out evil spirits they tried to use the name of the lord jesus in their incantation so it's like they are combining the fetish things with i mean you now you are demon possessed already you want to go and cast out a demon and let's see what happened saying i command you in the name of jesus whom paul preaches that means you yourself the jesus you don't know him you don't have a relationship with him in the name of jesus whom paul preaches the only thing you know about jesus is that paul preaches him i pray that you not only know the jesus whom dr leslie preaches but you know him for yourself he said to come out next let's see what happened seven sons of skiva a leading priest were doing this and let's see the result of it but one time when they tried it the evil spirit replied i know jesus and i know paul but you who are you (laughs) you see it's it's a spirit of religion they 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 don't have an understanding of what they are doing they've seen somebody do it so they are doing it and what happens to them then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them overpowered them seven men and one demon possessed man and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered one man against seven people when he was making one man naked still should have run away I don't know why you should stand there <laughs> for this demon possessed man to strip all of you I don't know there's some small amount of foolishness in this one Me, I, I just don't get it next The story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus. I'm just trying to tell you that the state of Ephesus spiritually in the beginning to Jews and Greeks alike a solemn fear, see, a solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Next, many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. Next, and see what happens. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire the value of the books was several million dollars so so this was what was happening they were seeing the hand of god they were seeing the power of god they were seeing miracles they were seeing deliverances people were repenting of their bad acts bringing their incantation books Some of you, when you got born again, you burned certain CDs. You got rid of certain kinds of music. Certain kinds of movies. Things that were hindering your work with God. Because your zeal was so strong. But after the love for God went away. You started compromising. On certain things, let's go back to Revelation chapter 2. So, this was the state of the church before. He said, You have left your first love, left your first love. Let's go on and see what he continues to say. He said, Remember wherefore from whence thou art falling, and this is a word to all of us remember from where you have fallen. And repent and do their first works. Say their first works. A lot of believers the things they used to do when they became new believers they don't do anymore because they think they have matured out of them. We think, we think we've grown out of them. Daily devotion was like hey no bible no breakfast. They said these things are for baby Christians. They are not for baby Christians. But you had daily guide, daily power devotionals that we're using and when you miss one day you felt like as if you had committed adultery consistency it says go back to the first works return to the first works if you're a preacher you can easily think out of maturity you will lose your personal relationship with god you can be a leader and the people you are leading know God more than you because you are just interested in leading when you open the Bible you don't say God what do you have for me every time it's about God what do you have for the people you are waiting for the next big revelation to go and spew out to people so they know that you are a good preacher and your own relationship with God is suffering it says go back and do the first works sometimes you call it maturity maturity we call it experience there's a time in our work with god where the direction in which we must mature is to mature backwards we need to mature backwards go back to those elemental things those basic simple things you see sometimes we try to make christianity too complicated the sense is very simple we try to polish christianity too much it shouldn't be a problem for us to worship without an organ Those days when you are having prayer meetings on football fields, was there an organ there, you could worship and the presence of God will still come down. But now, if there's no pain or something, Charlie, what is this? Let let this ban on noise making hurry up and come and pass so that you know we can do six speakers again and we are using the bass guitar and the drums and the whole place is boo-boo-boo, the place is shaking like that. The worship must emanate from your heart. It must emanate from your spirit. Not from the instruments. Go back and do the first works. Go back and do the first works. When you could feel free in church and lift up your hands and worship but now you have matured. You are, you are papaish. Sometimes it can be a problem when you are in front of it can be a problem. The lifting up of the hands is like everybody's watching. Your, your attention is on the people who are looking at you when your attention should be on the one who sits in an unapproachable light and has heaven as his throne and the earth as his footstool. Not men and women sitting on is it plastic or metallic or leather chairs? He like said, Go back and do the first works. In a lot of church, the pastor doesn't take part in praise and worship. The papa walks in when everything is over. Just introducing. him, he comes to preach. I have a big problem with that. You are not too big to worship God. You are not too big to lift up your hands. When you feel like growing prostrate, go. When you're coming to church, come with the mentality of God. Today mess me up small i i am too well packaged can mess me up. by the time i go to that my makeup should be messed up a bit some of you your makeup is more important to you than the tears that will flow when you are worshiping god out of true love when, when people love somebody the thought of the person can even bring th- tears into their eyes when you are singing the song and the tears are coming you are worried about the mascara and the pawns. it's said, like, go back do the first works be like a child once again in the presence of god preacher those days when you used to fast and pray before every ministration but now you are matured you are experienced and most of the time all those long times of prayer was because you were scared that you go and mess up but you've done it a number of times and you have not messed up yet so you realize actually even god cry, i don't need you i'm using gift i'm using experience one of these days say one of these days i shall not continue (laughs) it is very easy to get that even with worship and stuff like that i mean i know i've got it you know when you pick the microphone it will happen so that relationship with god what you are doing is religion it's just religion anytime you come to stand here to minister when you have not communed with god and not spent time with god you are being religious you are not being spiritual there's a difference between skill and anointing there's a difference between talent and anointing when anointing is ministering you know talent will thrill you for five minutes when the person sits down it's forgettable but anointing even when the skill is not up to scratch even when the sound is 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 not good even when the the voice is nasal the impact lasts and that is because the person came out of communion with God before coming to minister to you I pray that you go back to the place of the secret place you don't just come here and come and stand here and and minister to people No, just because you have become experienced just because you, you've done it so many times there are times when you are caught unawares that is different but make the effort to spend time in God's presence before you come sometimes even when people are going they don't even ask God what God wants them to preach it is the last revelation they had in their Bible study whatever the case that is what I must preach I have to go and release that reve. For the world to see that me too, I did. Meanwhile, God wants you to preach something else. If you are a preacher and you are very sensitive to the Holy Spirit, uh, there are times your sermon can change five minutes before you are called. It's happened to me several times. In my mind, oh, this is what I'm going to preach. I get there, and it's like there's no peace, there's no flow in my spirit where that one is concerned. And God just drops something back and realize that this is the direction God wants you to go. I tell you that on wednesday the sermon i preached i didn't have any notes that was not what i was planning to come and preach that's why i didn't have any notes i just took this thing as said dummy there was nothing on the church and the supernatural in here what i preached was what the holy spirit wanted me to preach without this one so you think i'm coming to do i people think i'm coming to do i so i had to just speak it there was nothing in here like that it's it's about god somebody say it's about god it's not about you and and, and what you have learned and what you want to come and show the people when you do that your ministry doesn't will not have longevity because your, your focus is glory your focus is, is the praise of men and as for God his power he's prepared to share his anointing he's prepared to share but he said As for my glory I will share with no man he will not share his glory with anybody he said repent and do the first works do the first works we like complicated things but the simple old-fashioned rugged tools still work and when we need to we must go back to those simple rugged old-fashioned tools even our songs even our songs for me i like very simple songs i like very simple songs some songs very simple sometimes even one line two lines and it penetrates your spirit like nothing else i'm not saying that there's, there's something wrong with i mean having songs with a lot of words and there's a place for that one too but sometimes in our minds you see the thing has to be complex before we feel like it's from god that's one line you are your way simple song simple two lines your Alpha and Omega, beginning, finish. Simple, but it can take you into the third heavens for your eyes to be opened in the realm of the spirit. Christianity is very simple. We have complicated Christianity. We we have polished this thing called Christianity so much that it's beginning to lose its identity. It's like a woman who has polished her face too much. you know sometimes it can be dance are you sure it is you no 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 and that is what we are doing to the christianity we are trying to polish it too much in trying to polish it we we we, we don't want to see some ragged things in church when somebody is dancing in some churches don't stop you hey take your time what are you doing just they don't allow people to dance that 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 was the conservative church they had lost their first lap that zeal that carefree spirit that liberty in the house of god was lost in some churches who are you to go and speak in tongues hey stop 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 doing the thing religion where, where the symbol is exalted above the substance that's the spirit of religion we are more interested in how well we burn the incense than how much we pray look the new testament believer our incense is worship and prayer that's our incense when i did a series on prayer i showed you that when jesus died it it was like a transition everything that happened just prior to jesus's death was like a, a handing over ceremony including Caiaphas, the high priest rending his clothes i showed you in leviticus that the bible said when the high priest rends his clothes it's more or less like resignation he stood in front of jesus and rent his clothes more or less he's saying i'm resigning take take it you are now the new high priest the order has changed the temple has changed from a building to you your human body the priesthood has changed now it says you have made us priests and kings, and the incense they used to burn has also now changed to our worship and our prayers. So when when the symbol, there's nothing wrong with if they want to burn incense in church, fine. But make sure the real incense, which is the prayer, which is the worship, it's also being bent and bent well. If we start burning incense here today, it won't take us to hell. But the real incense, somebody said the real incense, which is prayer and worship, we must make sure that one is being bent. We cannot exalt the symbol above the substance your bible under your pillow doesn't do anything for you the fact that you have it in your bag is not what will protect you from that witch or from that accident that thing they do in Nigerian movies and then there's a fetish priest and then some light will come out of the thing and hit the fetish priest go and do that and see be finished in seconds that is not where the power is the power in the word is when you get that word in your spirit and when the situation comes you fire it out of your spirit like a gun boom, to deal with the situation that is the power in the way not this one if you put it by your bed which can come and sa- stand on it as a fly flying grounds you use it as a to fly better The fact that you have a cross around your neck doesn't put Jesus in your heart. We have exalted the symbols above the substance. For you, the priest is not about what you wear. It's not, it's not about the, the, the gown you wear from head to toe. It's about what is in your heart it's not the number of years you spent in bible school that makes you a man of god it is the encounter you have had with god and the commission god himself has given to you that is the most important thing i'm not saying bible school is not good it's good it asks to you but that is not what makes you a man of god it's not about the title you carry apostle prophet doctor doctor as i always say when you stand to minister whatever office God has called you to we will know we will know it's not about to have titles when you deserve them but some people are focusing too much on their titles and they are not doing anything in the kingdom it's like all about titles it's all about this and this and that and that and they are losing relevance in the kingdom of God and the bible is telling us we must repent and go to the first works go back to the first words. continue he said but this thou hast is commending them again that thou hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which i also hate now i explain what i will explain what the bible means by the deeds of the Nicolaitans. later in the same revelation chapter 2 verse 16 they mention the the, the Nicolaitans again but this time around it talks about the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Who are these Nicolaitans? The Nicolaitans were a certain sect within the church that preached things that were not biblical. And later, I'll show you the origin of the Nicolaitans, and you realize that everybody must pray for God to guard their heart. You can't be complacent, you, you can turn into something. And you don't realize you are turning to something. What was the Nicolitan doctrine? The Nicolitans preached that there was nothing wrong with sexual immorality. They said fornication and adultery were in the law of Moses. And Jesus Christ has come and done away with that law. So, those things don't apply anymore. Does that sound familiar to you? We, we still have the doctrine of the Nicolaitans disguised in, we call it something else. Give me Jude 4, NLT. Or oh, you want me to say Jude 1 4. Jude is only one. It says, I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives and he goes on to say the condemnation of such people was recorded long ago for they have denied our only master and Lord Jesus Christ I read a transcript written by one of the ancient fathers of the early church called Irenaeus and he was quoting certain things in the nicolitan doctrine and one such statement said that if you don't have sexual intercourse every day you will not have eternal life so it's an intercourse that atones for your sins right you will not have eternal life and these people in their meetings what we call love feasts and laugh is supposed to be the time when you eat and share fellowship. They actually have sex among themselves, open sex. And they are supposed to be Christians. And he's saying the doctrine, the deeds of the Nicolaitans, they hate them. You realize that the very conservative churches, some of these new funny preachings, they don't, they don't, it's like they don't have any place there at all. Have you noticed that? Ah, legalistic. You can't bring some of those things that they believe in the old things. And Jesus is commending them for it. Hallelujah. They believe in the old structures. Even though they have problems with too much religiosity and too much action and no, no, no passion, no spirituality. As for holding on to the old doctrines, the dogmatic things, those things that we cannot compromise on, Christ is commending them for it. He said, You hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans some churches you can't go and do that extreme version of grace preaching there grace that is supposed to liberate us and cause us to 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 walk in godliness you preach inside that now after people hear it, they feel like oh that means i can continue to do what I, I have been doing that is not a grace message that's not what the grace of god does hallelujah so where from this nicolitan doctrine that's what i'm saying we should all pray that god will preserve us. the bible says from time to time examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. you can drift and you don't know you have drifted who was the founder of this nicolitan doctrine it's a man called nicolaus say nicolaus that's where the nicolitan doctrine came from and who was this nicolaus man he was actually a deacon in the church say a deacon ordained by peter himself apostle peter give me acts chapter 6 verse 5 when they wanted to choose some people because the the apostles were now becoming tired they were doing administrative work and now they had to pray get revelation to preach and all of that so they decided that they'll fast and pray and choose some people he said and the same pleased the whole multitude somebody suggested that we get some people to be deacons in the church and they chose stephen a man full of faith and of the holy ghost that was the one who was martyred he died later and philip and Prochorus and nicanor and timon and Parmenas, and nicholas in some versions they spell it with a u before the s nicholas nicholas a proselyte of antioch is the founder of the Nicolitan sect. This man was ordained a deacon by the, the the big men in the church themselves, Peter. Them they laid hands on them and commissioned them as deacons. But then persecution came and the church was scattered, and they were all they all went to different places. This one called Philip, as was Stephen, he died this one called Philip we see him in Acts chapter 8 the deacon was now metamorphosed into an evangelist went and held a city-wide crusade got Simon the sorcerer converted to the point where Simon the sorcerer wanted to even pay money so that he too he can lay hands on people to receive the Holy Ghost sometimes people think ministering Holy Ghost baptism to people We should leave it for the smaller people to do. That is not a correct way of thinking. This same Stephen, or this same Philip, he had worked miracles. He had raised cripples. He had cast out devils. He had done so many things. But when it came to baptizing people in the Holy Ghost, the Bible said he called for the big men. He called for Peter. Was it Peter and John to come? And it was after they had laid hands on the people and they received the Holy Ghost that someone, the sorcerer, came and said, "Look." let me give you some money so that you give me this power he never offered money when he saw the miracles he never offered money when he saw the 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 devils being cast out there is something about impartation hallelujah something about impartation but that's not what we are talking about so this man when persecution came they they were scattered so philip found himself in samaria he found himself somewhere else and that was when he started changing you see that is what can happen when you are outside the sphere of influence of the fathers you can change and you will not know you see now it's easier because there's telephone you can do whatsapp video call you can do skype but those days communicating was difficult it had to be through a letter and even that one somebody who have to ride on horseback long distance before you get a reply and stuff like that when that link was cut those who knew christ for themselves it showed those who had a relationship with christ for themselves it showed and those who were just being religious those who were just doing eye service like this man they started teaching wrong things and that was what re- 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 resulted in the Nicolitan doctrine. I pray that whenever you find yourself far away you still maintain your relationship with God. And you not change. There's some people I've seen. I've been in Kolebu for a while. So I've seen people. How's job time? When they move out of Kolebu like this they just become different. It's like you see them later in Like I'm sure some of you have heard of some of them. Some of the things you hear. They've gone to this hospital and it's like their nursing students are just trooping to their rooms it's like their room is a a mecca pilgrimage like that meanwhile these people were leaders here on the land of but when they were scattered abroad true colors started showing that is why you must have your own personal relationship with god there's some countries some of you if you are put in those countries you change your faith change your feet you should be able to survive anywhere you should be able to survive in a place where nobody will call you to remind you to go to church why you don't depend on hype to attend programs some people are moved by hype you have to hype the thing otherwise they'll not be moved to. it's like when it's being hype everybody's talking about hey okay then maybe this thing is good you must be a self-motivated believer self-motivated nobody has to come and cajole you oh let's do this otherwise when you find yourself in a place david describes it as a a dry and weary ground dry and weary land where there's no water you'll be found wanting you become something else so this nicholas man found himself isolated in a place but because his his connection wasn't strong his relationship with god wasn't strong he still felt oh he had anointing and everything let me start teaching some things and then he started teaching erroneous things it's good to maintain links with your fathers in the law hallelujah it's, it's a very very good thing to maintain links with your fathers in the law when you do understand something you, you you consult with them what do you think about this one what do you think about that but at the same time too you don't replace god with your spiritual fathers There's a story of an old prophet and a new prophet a young prophet in the old testament young prophet anointed man the man could speak against an altar and the altar was split into two somebody tried to catch him and he was transfixed that was how anointed the man was and god told him god god spoke to him and told him if you go into this town don't go and eat an old retiring prophet came and told him that god says come to my house and come and eat how can you let the voice of a human being override the voice of god he went and ate and while he was eating the same old prophet the spirit of god came upon him. he prophesied to him that because of this thing that you have done as you are going a lion will catch you and kill you on the way he went and pa. lion caught him and killed him and the same old prophet carried him and went to bury him it's better to follow the voice of god hallelujah than to follow the voice of old sometimes even with church You must listen to where God is taking you. You don't necessarily follow what an older or an already existing ministry is, 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 is doing. Sometimes, it's like, okay, I'm modeling the ministry around this. There's nothing wrong with it. But when you have heard God clearly, that go in this particular direction, you don't go following tradition. You follow what God has said. Hallelujah! My prayer for us today is that wherever we have fallen, may our love be resurrected. May, may the first love that we had, that zeal that we had for the things of God, where we were uncompromising with sin, where where we felt bad even when we spoke a lie, now we lie and it's like we don't even feel anything because in our minds we have categorized them as small sins. But to God, every sin is a sin. The lie is as bad as the fornication. The lie is as bad as the adultery. I pray that God will bring us back to that place where we'll be like children in his presence again. Where we are not inhibited by what we see. We are are not inhibited by who is around us. When we come to God, it is all about him. And our heart that is is panting like the deer, the heart of the deer pants for the water brooks. I, I pray that our prayer life will be enriched once again. Communication with God That thing that when you have your first love, You want to talk to that person all the time I pray that it will be re- Restored unto us today In the name of Jesus I speak a revival into your spirit I speak a, a, a restoration into your spirit I speak a rekindling Of the flame and the fire Of the Holy Spirit into you once again That passion that was gone That zeal that was gone Let it come back once again in the name of Jesus The Bible says If the spirit of he who raised Christ from the dead Dwells in you that same spirit shall quicken your mortal bodies. Let there be a quickening. Let there be a stirring in you. Lift up your voice. Begin to pray right now for a restoration. Say, Lord, take me back to that place. Take me back to that place. Take me back to that place. The place of my first love. Where I was crazy about the things of God. Where I was excited about the things of God. Where church was exciting to me. Where I never wanted to miss a time of prayer. Where I never wanted to miss a time of fellowship. Oh, lift up your voice and pray in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and pray in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and pray in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice. voice. Come on, I'm not hearing you. We pray louder when we are binding demons. This one, we are asking for a restoration of that first love. We are asking for a restoration of that first love. We want to go back to that place a restoration of that first love a restoration of that first love Lord take us back to that place take us back to that place the place of renewal the place of 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 resurrection of our passion in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth the son of the living God where when you wrong God you feel it in your spirit You, 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 you are unhappy of us have come to that point where even when we wrong God we don't feel anything it's like life just continues it's like life just continues just lift up your voice life just continues lift up your voice lift up your voice lift up your voice let me hear you pray lift up your voice let me hear you pray lift up your voice lift up your voice lift up your voice you have become too comfortable with certain things you become too comfortable with certain things you become too comfortable with certain things that sensitivity to sin that sensitivity to sin let it come back let it come back let it come back in the name of jesus christ of nazareth where we've taken the grace of god for granted as I said, some people have taken the blood of Jesus and it's like in a bucket in their houses. You you even contemplate the prayer you pray for, the forgiveness of the sin, even before you commit the sin. Oh Lord, bring us back to that place where the fear of God comes back. Where the fear of God comes back. Take us back to the place of the fear of God. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth in the name of jesus christ of nazareth lift up your voice come on lift up your voice and pray lift up your voice and pray lift up your voice and pray lift up your voice and pray, voice and pray. Voice and pray. Voice and pray. lord take us back to that place take us back to that place where we long for consistency where we long for intimacy where we long for intimate fellowship with you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth for some of you it's been a long time since you even heard the voice of God it's been a long time since you spent even 30 minutes alone with God but it was not so some time ago some of you you can't even remember the last time you fasted on your own You can't remember the last time you decided That I am afflicting myself I am going before God I am going to commune with God The only times we fast is when we need something When we need a breakthrough When we have troubles When we want God to move in our lives But God wants you to come back to the place of intimacy God wants you to come to the place of intimacy In the name of Jesus lift lift up your voice Lift up your voice Lift up your voice Lift up your voice in the name of jesus lift up your voice reconnect with god reconnect with god reconnect with the holy spirit in the name of jesus christ of nazareth reconnect with god i see in the spirit and it's like a reset button the reset buttons that we have on our appliances and the lord is saying today he's resetting some people he's resetting some people it's like how when the machine becomes slow when the machine is not functioning the way it's supposed to function when the machine begins to break you press the reset button for some of you you are at a place of stagnation your prayer life is helter skelter You, you are not flowing in the spirit anymore but the Lord is resetting you he's resetting you such when you reset your phone the internet connection is restored the, the, the speed of the processor is restored the lord is resetting some people today their connection with god is being restored today in the name of jesus lord restore us to the place of our first love bring us back to the place of our first love when we come into your presence let's not be bothered about people let our concentration be on you let our mind be on you. We have been religious for too long without being spiritual. But Lord, we are trading the religiosity for spirituality. We, we are trading the religiosity for intimacy in the name of Jesus. We trade it for intimacy today in the, in, the in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, lift up your voice and pray. 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 Pray that the Lord will make you an addict of the secret place. An addict of the secret place. That place where it is just you and God. Be addicted to the presence of God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Addiction to the presence of God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Nazareth. Some people like fast food joints we like our football we like our series everything else but spending quality time alone with God the only time we commune with God is when we come to church but Lord restore us restore us to that place of intimacy restore us to that place of intimacy in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth restore us to that place of intimacy in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth Nazareth. Don't get tired of praying. Reconnect in the spirit. Reconnect in the spirit. May a revival begin to well up in your spirit from today. May an awakening take place in your spirit from today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You want to come against every spirit of complacency. It's one of the biggest problems to our intimacy issue. We, we become too complacent in the things of the Spirit. We want to pray that the Lord, let the spirit of complacency leave my life. Lift up your voice. Begin to pray, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lift up your voice and pray, in the name of Jesus, every spirit of complacency, complacency, in the name of Jesus, every spirit of complacency. Let it leave, Lord. In the name of Jesus, every spirit of complacency, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living god in the name of jesus christ of nazareth the son of the living god let every complacency leave us in the name of jesus let every complacency leave us lord in the name of jesus let complacency be far away from us lord in the name of jesus we want to pray against compromise it's two c's complacency compromise many people have compromised on certain level on, on many levels we, we have we have watered down the standards places where black was black and white was white now we've turned them into gray I want to pray that lord deliver me from compromise i've compromised in certain places and want to pray for the strength to overcome every form of compromise lift up your voice begin to pray in the name of jesus father we come against compromise we come against compromise in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth where it is black let us say it is black where it is white let us say it is white we have mixed the world with the church and we can't even tell the difference anymore our standards have become the standards of the world our measuring rods have become the measuring rods of the world but Lord let there be a separation in the name of Jesus let there be a sifting let there be a shaking let the the, the black be clear and let the white be clear we are tired of the great things in different aspects of our lives compromising at work compromising in relationships In in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth the son of the living God in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth the son of the living God Finally, you want to pray for preservation. The Lord, preserve me. Wherever I find myself, preserve me. Let my principles not change. Let me not water down my principles. Let my yes be yes and my no be no. In spite of where I find myself, whoever is around me, let me be bold enough to continue to stand for that which is right. You want to pray for preservation. Lift up your voice. Begin to pray. In the name of Jesus, Lord preserve me. Preserve us Lord. Preserve us Lord in the name of Jesus. For this prayer, just get a partner. One person. Hold the person's hand. Hold the person's hand. Hold the person's hand. It's one to one. It's one to one. Try not to be three. One to one. You are praying for the one whose hand you are holding. The Lord, preserve this one that 10 years from now, when I meet this person, he should be operating at a higher level of spirituality. There should be no compromise in him. There should be no complacency in him. Pray for divine protection. Pray for the hand of God to be upon this one. Pray that whatever weaknesses the person is battling with by the power of the Holy Spirit, he or she shall overcome in the name of Jesus. Pray for preservation. Pray for preservation. Pray for preservation. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, a Son of the Living God, let her to say, preservation, Lord, preservation, Lord, preservation, Lord, preserve this one's law, preserve them until you are coming. In the name of Jesus, preserve them blameless until you are coming. In the name of Jesus." preserve them until your coming in the name of jesus in the name of jesus christ of nazareth lord preserve lord preserve lord preserve lord Lord, preserve still praying for the one you are holding pray that the lord will meet the person's heart desire that one desire on that person's heart, that is topmost on his or her agenda. You want to lift up your voice, right? The Bible says, "He who waters shall himself be watered." We want to pray that God, whatever is topmost on the person's prayer list, let things begin to move in the Spirit. Let angels begin to move in the spirit. Let doors begin to open in the spirit. Lift up your voice. Begin to pray right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The son of the living God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every desire upon the heart. Let it be met in the name of Jesus. Let that prayer be answered in the name of Jesus. Show yourself strong on behalf of your children. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth the son of the living God let your power be made manifest in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth the Son of the living God lift up your voice 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 voice. voice. in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth their hearts desire love final prayer if you've been listening to the news security intelligence has it that some terrorists have crossed the border into ghana from burkina faso we've been expecting these things to happen for some time now it looks like now the time has come they are infiltrating the system and their agenda is actually to blow up churches Their agenda is to kill christians but in the Bible the Bible says at a point the king caught James and he beheaded him and when he saw that the Jews were happy he caught Peter also but the Bible says that the the, the saints lifted up their voices and prayed we want to lift up our voices and pray every agenda of hell every agenda to destabilize Christianity and you see it is going to start from northern Ghana it's going to start from northern Ghana it'll be easier there because you know that the Christian influence there is not like how it is in the south there's a lot of Islam there's a lot of traditional religion there so it will be easier to start we're going to lift up the churches in northern Ghana before God right now we're going to pray that Lord preserve them Lord protect them send ministering angels send ministering spirits protect them when they gather to meet may they have an army of angels surrounding their churches god protect the pastors lift up your voice begin to pray in the name of jesus lift up your voice lift up your voice voice. begin to pray in the name of jesus begin to pray in the name of jesus we pray for preservation preservation for the churches Every agenda of terrorists, we cancel it in the name of Jesus. Every agenda to blow up churches, we cancel it in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, If two shall agree as touching a thing, it shall be established in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God. Lift up your voice, lift up your voice, lift up your voice, lift up your voice, lift up your voice in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. We cancel every agenda of hell activity declare activity that even army when army they detonate yeah. their bombs, the bombs will fail to detonate. When they fire case they case their case guns, may they, case they, case they case not case fire case. In, the in the name of Jesus. Name We set confusion among the camp of the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lift up your voice and pray. 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 In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every agenda of terrorism against the church on this land, we cancel that agenda in the name of Jesus. We destroy all the workings of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Jesus. we send thunderings we send lightnings we send earthquakes into the midst of the people in the name of jesus christ of nazareth the Son of the living god we want to pray for these terrorists that have come into ghana we want to pray that like paul they will have an encounter with god when they are on their way to go and persecute Christians, may the Lord reveal Himself unto them. We want to see some terrorists turn into apostles, we want to see some terrorists turn into prophets, we want to see some terrorists turn into pastors and teachers and evangelists. And it will take an encounter with God. We want to pray the Lord, even as these people are carrying out their agenda let them meet you on their way to damascus let let them meet you on their way to persecute people let them have an encounter with you show yourself to them in dreams reveal yourself unto them in visions lift up your voice begin to pray for these ones in the name of jesus as they have set foot in this country let them have an encounter with the god of this nation in the name of jesus christ of nazareth the son of the living god in the name of jesus supernatural encounters Find encounters even tonight as some of Jesus, them sleep may they see visions of Jesus, Jesus. may they have visions of Jesus, Jesus. may they have dreams, dreams of God. Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth the son of the living God lift up your voice lift up your voice lift up your voice lift up your voice father in the name of Jesus we thank you for today thank you for your word that has come forth we pray in the name of Jesus that this word will be cemented deep down in our spirit. That at the end of the day we shall be doers of your word and not listeners only. Father, we pray for ourselves as a church. We pray that you preserve us. May we not come to the point where we are just a religious church. We want to be a spiritual church. A church that believes in a relationship with you and not just in activities. Father as individuals where we have lost our first love we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you restore us to that place of our first love where we had the zeal where we had the passion where we had the enthusiasm for the things of God where we were more concerned about God than the people that are around us where we have compromised with oh God have mercy upon us and restore us Where we have been complacent to God. Have mercy upon us. Bring us to the place of the fear of God once again. We have compromised on so many levels. We have compromised on so many things. But we thank you for your resurrection power. We thank you for your power of restoration. As your word says, If the power of he who raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, that same power will restore our mortal bodies. Father, we pray for a restoration in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Make us like children once again. Make us like kids in your presence once again. We have grown wings. Clip our wings, O God. We have become too big. Make us small once again in your sight. We have made our glory overshadow your glory. But reduce our glory, O God, that your glory may be made manifest in our midst. Father, we cry for a revival. We cry for an awakening. Let the flames of revival begin to burn in our hearts as individuals once again. And let it manifest as a mighty move of God in our midst as a church in the name of Jesus. Restore dead prayer lives today in the name of Jesus. Restore dead, wet, steady lives in the name of Jesus. Restore hidden and dormant gifts in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, we thank you that your word has come forth. Thank you for the power of your word. We give you glory. We give you praise. Take glory, Father. Take glory, Son. Take glory, Holy Spirit. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. In Jesus' most excellent name, I will pray with thanksgiving. Amen. blessed by this message. For information on how you can receive more teachings from the man of God, reach us on 24 873 7250 Stay blessed.